everybody welcome back to the upside swings draft podcast the podcast with the highest ceiling i'm your host bryce hendricks joined as always by stone hansen and ryan davis how you doing stone uh pretty good just uh kicking back today so not too much going on watching some film on guys yeah yeah me too i've been uh, i've been watching a good amount of film uh just finished like the last full week of college i just have one final this week so uh i've been working on a giddy scouting report uh, having a, lo- a ton of fun watching a lot of basketball. How are you doing, Davis? Uh, I'm good. Basically the same. Uh, just watching and getting ready for this podcast. Yeah, and and, uh, and future and future podcasts as well. So watching quite a few guys. Oh yeah, it's getting exciting now. We're hitting our stride a little bit, and uh, we got an exciting one for you guys today. Uh, we're going to talk about the two top G League guys, Jalen Green and Jonathan Kaminga. And then uh, our number one guy uh, in history, Kai Jones, um, the best person ever. <laughs> uh, we're gonna spread some propaganda about him, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun podcast. So let's just jump right into it with Jalen Green, six uh, six elite athlete, was number one uh, on quite a few RSCI sites uh, even going into the season. I think twenty four seven Sports had him number one. Uh, Decided to kind of be like the first star prospect to go the G League route and uh, had a pretty successful season. Um, two guard, elite athlete, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, uh, long arms too. Um, Stone, do you want to tell me what you think of Jalen Green, what you like about his projection and some weaknesses? Uh, yeah, um, I'm pretty into Jalen Green um, as a top four guy for me. Uh, he's... I would say it's arguable, but I would say maybe behind Cade, he's probably the best isolation player in this draft. Um, he's really good at creating his own shot, um, can create space in a variety of ways. Um, his go-to is like that step back, but um, he can do it in a lot of ways just because of that athleticism, like you mentioned. Um, he's can pretty much score from everywhere, I think. Um, at least that's how I project him out moving forward. I think he's kind of a three-level scorer who can find his shot pretty much from, from anywhere on the floor. Um, some of that shot making is sort of questionable in terms of um, the decision-making um, on some of those shots. I think he tends to make some shots more difficult than they need to be or some plays. Um, he's, he's a score-first guy, so he's always looking to score, um, and sometimes that can be a detriment in terms of um, not making the right passes to open teammates uh, because he has somewhat limited tum- tunnel vision. Um, not quite like Colin Sexton level uh, coming out, but it's um, definitely not great. Um, I think uh, defensively, I actually like him defensively quite a bit um, as an individual defender, especially. Um, I think he could go to probably like one through three at the next level. Um, he's pretty good lateral mover. Um, he's pretty wiry, but I think he's, uh, he's underrated strength wise. Um, I think he's got a lot of room to develop with strength and you you see flashes of that occasionally. Um, I think offensively, uh, he has, um, he does have weaknesses, like I said, with the tunnel vision. Uh, another thing is the handle. Um, 
he's he's got super super long legs and I think that is somewhat of a factor in terms of how high he can dribble um and he's not a great ball handler as it is so dribbling that high uh becomes a little bit more of a worry I think um and it leads me to some questions in terms of how well he can create for himself at the next level uh with those those ball handling limitations uh but with that said uh, I'll throw it over to Ryan and uh, see what he has to say about him uh yeah so I mean you basically said a lot of what I have he's just a fluid scorer can score in many ways uh pretty good shooter really good uh quick first step helps him get to the, the basket and He's pretty uh, has a has a nice runner and yes he he's pretty good at finishing at the rim but um, I think whatever team draft him is definitely gonna need patience uh, he's he's far from ready um, now but I just think he has a lot of potential and um, yeah his his step back jumper is is lethal I I loved watching that um, in the G League but. He's just he's just really really advanced right now for his age. So he's definitely gonna get better and he's a top top five guy for me and as well as a lot of people. Yeah, um so I really like Jalen Green. Um I actually like had him pretty solidly number two coming into the year, uh before Evan Mobley proved me wrong. Um, but he didn't disappoint me at all in the Julie. He did exactly what I expected. Um, I would say a really good shooter uh, from both the three and the mid-range. Uh, percentages don't always back that up, but he took some difficult shots, and and I think the form looks really good. Uh, he, he generates a lot of power from his legs, which I think will help him in the long term uh, from deeper and deeper ranges, and has really excellent footwork in the mid-range. Um, on top of that shot making, just like you guys mentioned, uh, an absolutely elite athlete. I would say probably the second best in the class behind only Kayon Johnson. Um, but those two are both super close. Uh, I give the slight edge to Keon because I think he's a little quicker laterally. Um, Jalen Green does have kind of high hips and that can make a difference, but uh, still an elite athlete, an elite vertical athlete. Uh, if he could really leverage that shooting and that athleticism, uh, said this about Anthony Edwards last year, but can be a really elite uh, off-ball player, elite cutter, uh, elite off-ball shooter. I think the difference between Green and Edwards is that I think Green has a little bit more feel for that. Uh, Edwards never, ever played off the ball, and Green at least had some experience, you know, when he played for Team USA yeah. – where, where he kind of had to play off the ball a little bit. Um, and I think defensively, he shows that he has a little more instincts there too. Uh, still not great, still hasn't developed uh, much as an off-ball player, but I, I, there's definitely potential there. Um, I think an issue a lot of people bring up, and I'm interested to get your guys' take on this, is the handle. Uh, they say his handle's pretty weak or that he, he doesn't really uh, get by defenders using it or he can't you know, create for others. So what do you guys see in the handle? What do you think? And uh, does that hurt his evaluation? Uh, yeah. So like for me, when I initially stated, I think a lot of it has to do with just his long legs. Um, he dribbles kind of high. Uh, so him already not being a great ball handler and then having to paired with having to dribble that high, uh, I think is a big factor in terms of um, 
why it's not as effective as you would like, especially as a guy um, of his caliber of scoring, at least projected out to be. Um, so I think uh, having that handle limits a bit of his self-creation. Although um, in the G League, we saw him just, just with that step back alone, uh, really create a lot of space for himself without having to really dive too deep into his uh, bag of handles. Not that it is that deep, but um, yeah. so I think I think that's something to watch for moving forward. Um, handle is something I have difficulty evaluating in terms of developmental ways. I'm not sure. Um, I think it's sort of more of a case by case thing, and I think it's really across the board. Um, so I, I think it can develop in the NBA. Um, I'm not completely ruling it out, uh, but at this point in time, it is it is a negative towards his game. Yeah, I agree. Um, I was actually going to mention that as well. His his body control and movement in the air um, is pretty pretty crazy. Uh, it's it's um yeah I don't even know how to how to describe it, but it's definitely advanced. Um, so it it is it is interesting to watch. Yeah, I think his finishing is is super impressive, and uh, it's fun to go back and watch his high school tape to his Julie tape and see kind of how that developed. Because for a little bit, he didn't have to be a crappy finisher. He was just, I mean, he probably. <laughs> this is just off the top of my head, but I'm guessing he averaged seven dunks a game in a, yeah. <laughs> and that's crazy because he's like six um, on a good day. Uh, but he really worked on his finishing. He has a lot of craft. He uses his athleticism well. Um, still skinny. I question how he'll be able to take contact um, at first in the NBA. But I think he has a body that can put on a little bit of weight. You know, he's never going to be like Anthony Edwards or Marcus Smart or anything. But I think he can put on a little bit of weight, take some more contact at the rim. Uh, I expect him to be one of the better finishers in the NBA by the time his prime comes around. Um and with his combination of burst and shot making, that's a that's a pretty effective combination right there. Yeah, he he does have that that um body that can that can put on muscle, not like that that you know that frame that even if you gain muscle, you still look skinny. He can actually like fill it out and and gain some strength. How do you guys feel about um his passing? Uh, I know we already have kind of touched on his his lack of ability to self-create just just with ball handling uh, because that holds him back a little bit in that area. Um, but his passing is somewhat questionable to me because uh, throughout the season we saw him uh, throw some kind of wild passes where uh, a lot of them were like readable where I think defenses saw it coming, you know, two steps ahead of him actually making the pass. Mm -hmm. We're able to kind of track it down. Um so you think that's something he can clean up at the next level, or do you think that's kind of always going to be something he struggles with a little bit moving forward? I think his passing will always be somewhat of a weakness if you're trying to make him like a full-time on-ball guy. I just don't think he has that juice. I don't think he sees the floor like that. Um, I think a lot like what we've seen from Zach Levine this year, um, he can develop it to being like passable. Uh, he can make he can make the right passes to the corner or find a role man, but I don't think he's ever going to be some predictive passer who's manipulating the defense. That's not his game. Uh, he's going to be a scorer. He's going to be a, a late shot clock guy, stuff like that. Um, I don't see it as a strength, but I also don't see it as this like 
giant looming weakness over his head that he's never going to be able to get over. I just I think he'll be an average passer once he gets to the once he gets to his prime. He's probably going to have some some struggles early on. Um, but Green, just like Davis mentioned earlier, is not someone you should draft if you're trying to win now, because he's going to have some rough looking games uh, early in his career. You're going to have to have some patience with him, let him take shots, let him learn his place in an offense. Um, but I I think the passing will be fine in the long term. Yeah, yeah I basically agree. Uh, it's not ever going to be elite as a passer, but I kind of feel like he's going to play off the ball more, kind of like what Bryce is saying. I don't think he's going to be really on the ball um, as much as high school or even sometimes in the G League, but um, – I think it'll, it'll it'll be good enough to to you know lean on, but not not be elite. He won't ever be like a top passer in the game or anything. Yeah, that's fair. I think um, I'm. This might be kind of controversial, but I think I'm a little bit even more concerned in terms of him not seeing passes as opposed to him actually trying to make those passes, uh, because I think a lot of times he gets caught up in just the score first mentality and he doesn't see a lot of the reads uh, that I think we would like to see from him um, as a guy that you're, you're taking this high. I agree. I, I, yeah. I think I have a lot of worries about if he ends up in the wrong role and a team is trying to make him an on ball star. I agree with you there a hundred percent, just because I, I don't see it with him. I don't think he's a good enough passer or ball handler to ever be this on-ball guy, but I think he can be one of the better off-ball scorers in the league someday. And that's something I am willing to take this high, especially with, and something uh, you mentioned earlier, Stone, his defensive potential. So do you guys mm-hmm. want to talk about that a little bit? Um, the athleticism obviously sticks out. I, he has long arms. Um, what else do you like about his defense and, and what worries you? What do you think his projection is like for the next level? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, um, I especially like him on the perimeter against uh, uh, penetration type guys. Um, I think he's he showed a lot of flashes in terms of being able to keep them um, on the perimeter, uh, sort of limiting their effectiveness on um, driving to the rim um, at the maybe not quite as at the efficient level that opponents may like to. Um, I think he he's long enough and he's um, lateral, laterally mobile enough to be able to switch at least one through three, I would, I would assume at the next level. Um, he, he, we have mentioned he's kind of skinny. I don't think he's ever going to really have the strength to guard like fours or anything. Um, but I think one through three is attainable, um, off ball. There's some lapses there. Um, we saw it in the G league, I think where there's, you know, there's a, he, he can get caught, um, maybe overhelping and things like that. Uh, but there's also instances where he, he does make a lot of the right reads um, a lot of times in terms of helping at the right times. Um, so it's kind of make, kind of a mixed bag um, off ball with me. Uh, but on ball, I actually, I really like him moving forward as a, as a one through three guy. I actually kind of ended up with a different, uh, with a different view of green on defense. I do like him on ball in terms of like an isolation. Um, I think he can really guard an isolation from ones, twos, and, and some threes. Some threes are going to give him trouble until he bulks up. Um, 
but I do really worry about his ability to get over screens. Um, and you see that with a lot of skinny guys. If he can put on the weight, we hope maybe it won't be an issue. Uh, but his hips are high. He struggles to kind of get skinny around screens. And sometimes he can really die. And with someone with his long arms, you know, you'd hope maybe he can make a rear view contest or something. But sometimes he kind of just dies on the screen and, and gives up on that play. Uh, but off ball, there are things I liked. Um, you mentioned he overhelped. And while that can be an issue sometimes, I also sometimes don't mind that because I prefer that to not helping at all or staying in position and just not moving on defense. He doesn't have the highest motor in the world, but he's not just a wet fish out there or a wet fish, a dead fish out there, um, <laughs> you know, who just kind of flips his hips and doesn't do anything. You see a lot of got like scores like him do that. Uh, eventually we'll talk about Cam Thomas. He does that all the time on defense where he'll kind of stand like he's guarding the guy in the corner and he'll turn his hips to look at the play and then he'll turn his hips back to make sure his guy didn't go anywhere but he's kind of just sitting on a pivot. Um, he does help. He tries to get into the, the paint to help on a, a pick and roll. Uh, he, he's clearly learning like how to do that. Like what's the right, what's the right place to be, but I like his willingness to do such. And uh, I don't know. I think he can be a, a somewhat impactful guy playing passing lanes and maybe even making verticality plays at the rim just with his athleticism and long arms. Um, I haven't found a wingspan measurement, but I, I guess it's, it's at least six nine, probably six, nine, something like that. Yeah, um, the plus two or plus three, I think. Okay, yeah, yeah. Six, eight, six eight six nine. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I like his potential off ball, and and like I said, on ball in sort of isolations. But I think he really has to work on how to handle screens, especially NBA guys. You're going to set much harder screens than he saw in the G League, and I think he's going to have to be ready for that. Yeah, you, you did bring up the passing lanes too. That's something I wanted to touch on. Was he, he's really actually good at um, at playing passing lanes and, and kind of reading reading those. Um, so that that's something I forgot to mention initially, but uh, is a good point to bring up there. Yeah. Uh, do we have anything else on Jalen Green? Uh, I think that's it for me. Yeah, I think we're good. Okay. Um, so let's move on to someone who a lot of people have sold stock on in the in recent times and I think maybe even someone on this podcast has sold a little stock. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga uh, burst onto the scene in that first uh, that first G League game and there were so many people praising the passing, praising the athleticism, talking about how he's probably maybe even a top two pick, top three pick. And then it's kind of cooled since the end of the G League season and uh, I've seen him as low as eight, nine, ten on boards of people who I really trust otherwise um so where do you guys see Kaminga have you have you soured on him do you still really like him um and why let's start with Davis what do you think of Jonathan Kaminga um so Kaminga he's he's an interesting one for sure uh very high ceiling also a very low floor for me uh he's I moved him down I think um the other day actually when I was working on my big board to eight or nine um, but I still do really like him. I just think he's super um, unpolished. Uh, he's kind of like Jalen Green, too. He's just not ready now. But I think it's even more than than uh, Jalen Green. So, um, But I, I do still like him. He's, he's really athletic. He has a lot of strength. And um, I think he has like a seven-foot a seven 
um, wingspan. So that's going to help him a lot on, on defense with against smaller or against bigger, bigger players. Um, but he's just really, really unfinished. It's going to be a lot of patience again in the right situation where he lands. Um, but yeah, I do, I do like him at least as a top 10 guy. The, the shot is the main thing. I think a lot of people, if, if you buy the shot, I think that's mainly why you see him in like the top five, top three. Um, I don't really think the shot will be, um, you know, like great or anything. I do think it'll get a little better, um, but I don't ever see it as like a, anything you're going to have to worry about consistently. Uh, yeah. Uh, I agree with that sentiment uh, that Davis said there. <clears throat> um, I currently have him seventh on my board. Uh, but I could see myself dropping him as low as number 10. Um, I, I do, I think uh, 10 is probably the lowest I'd go, but um, yeah, there's definitely, I'm, I'm not, you know, with a lot of the majority on him with this as a top five guy or anything. Um, uh, he, he has probably one of the best bodies in this class, um, just NBA ready. Um, he's super strong, um, great athlete. Uh, great jumper, uh, vertical athlete, a uh, great second jumper as well, um, which helps him a lot in, in rebounding. Um, you mentioned the passing. The passing's kind of a mixed bag, I think, amongst a lot of people. Um, I think that also, along with the shooting, is kind of what propels him to a lot of people's um, high up on their boards. Uh, but for me personally, I don't really buy into it. Um, he showed flashes here and there in the G League, especially the first two games. Um, but a lot of those uh, seem to be like stationary passes. Um, off movement, I don't really buy him as a great passer uh, or having that level of feel. Um, he does make some good passes like uh, within the paint. Um, he makes some like dump offs and shovel passes. Um, they, were, they were pretty nice. Um, but, but for the most part off movement, I don't really buy him as a great passer. Um, I think the shooting is uh, mm, the, <laughs> the shooting I buy as a spot up guy. Um, I think at least as like an average, maybe like a 35, 36% guy on decent volume. Um, but I'm not sure I ever buy him as like some guy that can take you off the dribble and, and shoot a three consistently. Uh, I don't really think he's as um, someone even who can like pull up in the mid range um, and consistently make that. Um, so I'm, I'm not as high on the shooting either as a lot of people. Um, I know it sounds like I'm really, really low on him and I'm just like talking negative about him. Uh, but as far as the good things, I think um, as far as a defender, I think he can be a really strong on ball defender uh, just because that frame, like we mentioned is he's got a great frame um, already like NBA ready um really strong really athletic uh he can guard i think he can switch probably one through four um maybe five but uh i'm not i'm not sure on that uh yet i think one through four to start though definitely is attainable um who, who do you guys think between him and Cade uh who do you think is the better on-ball defender um, I think it's kind of asking, like, what you're looking for from an on-ball defender. Uh, if I were to pick one person, like, to guard Kawhi or LeBron in an ISO, I'd take Kaminga. But uh, I, I do think that Cade is probably the better 
switch guy, maybe maybe that's misguided. But I I, I would trust Cade more to make the right decisions through screens, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. The reason I think I bring that up is because I think I think Cade is actually better at utilizing his strength. This might just be because he's paired against a smaller guys a lot of the time. Um, but I think Kate is better at like absorbing, absorbing uh, contact. Um, and I think better at uh, utilizing his body um, in a way that I don't think Kuminga has entirely figured out at this point. I think Kuminga still lacks a lot of feel for the game um, and, and how to use his body in the, in the right way. Um, so, and like we mentioned with the passing, uh, I wanted to bring that up to you. How do you guys think that passing like do you think there's any correlation between passing and like feel for the game like how much of an indicator is that for you I think there certainly is but it's not like the only thing just like everything with scouting is nothing exists in a vacuum um Kaminga's so fun so this is another one uh the three of us are are gonna have a major disagreement uh <laughs> I have Kaminga third on my board right now um, I still really buy everything I've seen from Kaminga. And I want to real quick talk about his, his sort of development and how much that has impressed me and influenced my rating of him. Uh, he played at the Patrick School in high school with uh, overtime legend Noah Farrakhan. Um, I think he's playing at ECU now. Uh, played at IMG first. And anyways... He, he did not play – he was a late reclass, did not play, like, the highest levels of AAU or the highest levels of basketball, really did not, um, was much slower to, to get to that stuff than, I, than someone like a Jalen Green. And he still held his own and was a positive player in the G League. Uh, to me, that means a lot. I think that shows a lot about his willingness to work and to learn. Um, He's still, you know, I'm with you guys where he's still really slow seeing a lot of things develop on both sides. Um, I think he makes good decisions as a passer, but he doesn't always see everything. Um, he can miss cutters occasionally, miss, uh, you know, uh, players running off flare screen, stuff like that. He can, he can kind of get tunnel vision. Um, he, he seems to kind of premeditate his decision. Okay, I'm going to pass here okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and score here. Um, but he's also one of the youngest players in the draft. 6'6 six, six to 6'8, six, I've heard multiple things. Um, built like a Mack truck and, you know, can just is a crazy athlete. I think his athleticism kind of goes underrated um, because he's a very versatile athlete. He can move laterally. He can get up off one or two. Uh, he can run in a straight line super well. Uh, you know, he kind of does it all, in my opinion. Uh, and I just think that a lot of people have sold their stock a little bit unnecessarily, in my opinion. I still really like a lot of what I've seen from Kaminga. I like his development. Uh, he's not going to be a positive player, maybe at all, on his rookie contract. Uh, you know, he might not be a good player until you got to pay him. But I think he has a lot of long-term potential and plays the most important position in basketball. So I really like Jonathan Kaminga and I think a lot of people have lowered on him um, and they're kind of missing 
not not to say you guys don't understand the context, but I think a lot of people are sort of missing the the forest for the trees here with Kamingo. Uh, do I worry about the shooting? Maybe uh, the decision making long term, probably a question mark too. Um, but I I buy the work ethic, I buy the athleticism, and I actually buy the floor a little bit because I think no matter what he's going to have some versatility is like like a roll a rolling four who can who can pass on the short roll and and catch lobs and drive and play good defense um I, there's not a lot of like six six wings even six eight, especially six eight wings who like completely bust out of the league and don't have roles you know I think the only one I can point to is maybe Michael Kidd Gilchrist but uh, he also was stuck on the Hornets when they couldn't develop anything. So I think that Kaminga still has a lot of potential and is going to be a real help for a team that's willing to be patient with. Uh, yeah, that's fair. I think there's there's two sides of this coin, I think. I think it's people that, like like you, that really buy into the development of it. Um, and then I think there's people, uh, maybe more like me and Davis, who – aren't necessarily opposed to him developing in the way that you think he can, uh, but see um, a lot more avenues to where that outcome doesn't, doesn't um, come to fruition. I think uh, I, I can't speak for Davis, but at least for me, I think that's kind of my perspective on it. Yeah, that's, that's how I feel too. I, I see like the potential there and, um, he has the tools. I just don't know if he'll necessarily fill all of them out. I think he'll fill he'll fill a couple of them out, but I don't know if he'll he'll get the, the whole entire package. But if he does, he does have the ability to be like a top three, maybe even the best player in the draft. Um, for someone who is is pretty high on Kuminga, uh, how do you feel about his passing? Because um, I know for me personally, that's like uh, somewhat of a, a kind of a big negative in terms of why. Um, I don't entirely buy into him as, as much as you may. Um, and I think uh, he, he is a good stationary passer. Um, he, he's capable of making like pretty solid stationary passes from the top of the key, from the mid-range, uh, even in the post. Um, but I think a lot of the times, um, and this may be something that is because of his lack of feel at the moment, um, but he, he like, he kind of just throws like, Everyone, the defenses can see where he's passing to a lot of the time. I think um, it makes his passes like kind of readable, uh, and I think I, defenses can anticipate them a lot of the time. Yeah, I uh, yeah. I think the passing has a ways to go, but I, I like a lot of what I've seen. Um, he he wants to pass, you know. I I think that's sort of an issue with maybe like a Jalen Green is that there are times it feels like he doesn't want to pass. He's looking for his own shot. And I think Kaminga really is someone who values getting people involved and trying to uh, help his team out in that way. Uh, I'm with you where I think right now defenses can really see it and, and they can tell what he wants to do and they really use that to, to disrupt him. But I think long-term it's something that can develop. Uh, you mentioned he's good stationary, but not on movement. Movement passing, especially for someone like him, is something I think can develop. Uh, because he's so big, you, I think if you started to get him in advantage situations, that's why I mentioned maybe playing him at the four and getting him in the short roll uh, with, with a good point guard, you know, so he kind of has a four on three situation. He, he can sort of develop to learn like 
where to move, where to get that ball and, and how to fill space. Cause I think that's what he needs. I think the biggest thing that Kaminga is going to need to improve is reps. And that's why, like, if we did like a post draft board and he got drafted to a team that's not going to play him, I'd move him way down from three because I think he needs to play and he needs to play early. He needs to be allowed to make mistakes. He needs to be allowed to learn. You know, he'll have to deal with some hate from Twitter, whatever, but he has to, he has to get to that point where he can, he, he can develop these decision-making tendencies. Um, I like what I've seen. It still has some work, but I think long-term he's going to be a good passer at six, eight and uh, combine that with his athleticism and finishing. Uh, I think that's something that'll really go his way. Um, I want to ask you guys uh, what you think about the shooting. Um, do you think it's going to develop? I know, I know you guys already mentioned you don't think he's ever going to be an off the dribble shooter, but do you think he's ever going to be someone you have to respect from the three point line, or you know, like what do you guys think with there? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think he's ever going to be like, like you know, Ben Simmons or Draymond, how they leave them you know, wide open, um, he'll get to where you have to at least respect it, but I don't think like he's going to ever be, you know, like considered a, a shooter or considered, you know, a, a top, a top three point guy or anything like that. But I think he can, he'll be able to stretch the floor eventually and maybe probably hit the corner three. Um, but I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, and of course as a set shot, it's, it, I buy it, but, like Stone, I don't really uh buy the like off the dribble jumper. Yeah, I think uh, I, I just don't think it's ever going to be like a strong point in his game. Um, I don't really see him. It's never going to be like you know one of his best attributes moving forward. Um, I think there's plenty of avenues to where he's like maybe average as a spot up shooter. Um with other people creating for him and just him being able to stretch the defenses out to the three, uh, maybe like just throwing kind of ballpark numbers out there, like maybe 34 to 36% on like three, three and a half attempts a game. Um, so I, I think it can be like kind of average, uh, but I don't really see it ever being, you know, like a whole lot better than that. Um, I think, that's probably also a big differentiator in terms of where me and Davis have him in comparison to, to others like you. Um, but I think uh, it's definitely not something that I don't think is like, um, I'll put it this way. I have a lot more concerns about Sharif Cooper as a shooter than I do Jonathan Kaminga. So um, yeah. I'll get that. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would agree with you for sure. Yeah. Um, on the mailbag pod, we talked a little bit about, you know, him as a shooter and I kind of did my, my breakdown. Uh, I think it's something that can develop specifically, like you mentioned, uh, Davis from the corners, um, you know, like at the worst case, he can be a BJ Tucker level shooter. I think um, I'm with you guys that I don't see really any versatility. Uh, I think his best shot to develop any versatility would be if he can develop a little bit of like a post game with some post fade in it that might be uh, some potential versatility, but I don't think he'll ever be a pull-up shooter, even in the mid-range, really. Uh, but I also don't think that has to be his role for him to reach his ceiling. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, I, I understand where you guys are coming from, ranking Kaminga a little lower. I think I just buy 
the mix of age and and what I have seen from his flashes and the athleticism and the size um, that I don't fe- really feel comfortable moving him below three uh, because I, I just think he's going to do something that a team wants. Uh, he's kind of like a, a younger Isaac Coro sort of as, as a prospect, maybe not quite the passer Coro was, but probably a slightly better athlete, bigger body. And uh, I was super high on Isaac Okoro. So I really like Kaminga um, and I buy the long term of outside. I was pretty low on, on Okoro. So I think that <laughs> sort of illustrates yeah. where we fall in terms of prospect evaluations. Interesting. Um, but I think one, one guy we're mutually super high on, um, all three of us, but especially me and Bryce, is the next guy we're going to talk about here, Kai Jones. Uh, I think me and Bryce um, are part of the Kai Jones like mega super fan camp. Um, so I'll, I'll let you get into him on this Bryce because I know you're excited to talk about him. Yeah, I uh, I could not wait for this day. Um, I did a scouting report on him where I just gushed on him for 1,500 words or so, and uh, it's going to be the same thing here. Uh, Kai Jones is six eleven. Uh, four or five prospects, super mobile, really funky player, um, kind of shoots sometimes, kind of doesn't other times, uh, played for Texas and, and Texas clearly didn't value him the way they should have. Uh, Shaka Smart almost never played him in uh, sets that made sense for him, never ran anything through him. Uh, they depended a lot on their older guards. Uh, but I think once he gets to the NBA, that athleticism can flourish. That shooting can really show itself. Um, I think – I just think 6'11 and that mobile. I mean, to put it in context, he's maybe the most physically impressive player in this draft in terms of his athleticism and his size. I mean, he's fluid like Poku, but elite at getting up and, and sprinting like – I don't know, maybe like JaVale McGee or, you know, whoever you think the most athletic center in the league is, he's up there with them in terms of pure run and jump ability while also being super fluid. He can, he can flip his hips. He can, he can chase guys down, uh, runs in transition like a motherfucker, just really, really interesting big prospect who sort of is getting overlooked because of the context he was in at Texas. Um, also has an interesting story. Didn't really start playing basketball until he was 16 uh, from the Bahamas, you know, so representing that area like Buddy Heald and, uh, and DeAndre Ayton before him. Uh, so I really love Kai Jones. Uh, what, what do you guys think? What are, what are your big strengths that really caught your eye about him? Uh, I think this is where we just turned it into a Kai Jones episode. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> um, I'm I'm with you. I'm super high on Kai Jones. Uh, he's he's so versatile. Like as we mentioned, we uh, a few episodes back, we mentioned uh, on our philosophy podcast, like kind of how we value big men. Um, and I sort of divided it into two separate groups, like bigs who can be who have guard skills, and then bigs who have wing skills. And I think Kai Jones falls more um, into the big with wing skills. Um, and I think there's a legitimate pathway to like in the NBA, 
he can play the three like he can play the three through five i think um which is wild to say for a guy of his size um but i think he can play like either forward position and hopefully eventually the center um we'll get into that a little bit later with his, his slight frame um but uh the things I, I really like about him um are as you mentioned already kind of his mobility um his fluidity uh something we talked a lot about with evan mobley as well um sort of in that same uh same sphere as as uh mobile huge huge guys um guys that long that are that mobile don't come around very often um i think uh He's a great lob threat. That's one thing Shaka Smart did well, I think, uh, using him in Texas is he used him, he utilized him as the lob threat that he is. Um, and I think in the NBA, that's only going to improve with the spacing around him. Um, in transition, he's a guy that, uh, he's just a monster in transition. Um, he can be a guy, I think, that can actually run the fast break as the ball handler. Um, we can get into hand, ball handling a little bit more, uh, but and it transition, at least, I feel like it's um, competent enough to be able to utilize in the NBA. Um, and then I think, uh, obviously, running transition just with his length. Um, he can outrun most bigs because of just natural foot speed. Um, and then using that length to get up for lobs and pretty much catch him from anywhere uh, is, is going to really help him in that area. Um, as a shooter, I actually like him as a shooter. Um, Probably not a guy like we said with Kaminga, especially guys that that are Kai Jones size. It's it's almost impossible. Um, it's just super rare that they're ever going to take guys off the dribble and shoot threes. Um, so I, I don't project that for Kai, but I do think um, as a spot up shooter, I like his shot a lot more than than Kuminga moving forward. Um, I think Kai Jones can be a really good shooter from three. Uh, there, there are some worries. Um, we can get into the mechanics a little bit. It's definitely like a two-step motion for him. Um, his leg transfer of energy don't really go past his hips. And then his body, his upper body is kind of like a second, whole second other motion. Um, and his release point is kind of low. Uh, but his arms are so, or his release point is super high, my bad. But his arc is somewhat low. Um but he's so he's so tall that it's really really tough to contest that shot um, because of how high his release point is. Um, as a passer, I think he's he makes some good reads. Um, you mentioned he just started playing five years ago. I think at times that can you can see that a little bit um, in terms of the passing, uh, in terms of some off ball stuff too. Um, but on ball, I really like his defense. Um, He's the one guy in this draft I feel comfortable projecting him as like a one through five switchable guy. I think he can guard any position on the floor defensively uh, on ball. And I think that um, we, there is, there's a, I wrote this down because I was so impressed and I actually kept it like the past couple months. Uh, but there's the sequence he had where he was defending Cade on the perimeter. Cade's like trying to go into his bag with a bunch of different handles. And he couldn't get past him for like a solid few seconds. And then he finally does, but Kai tracked him down and, and blocked it off the backboard and kept it, kept the ball in play. And then on the other end, ran a Euro step, which for his size is, is wild. Um, and we saw him use that Euro step quite a few times at Texas this year. Uh, but 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I could go on and on and on, and I have a ton more notes here. He's a guy I was super high on coming out of high school. I think I had him like top 10 along with Trayman and uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who um, all hopefully should go first round this year. Uh, so I was a year too early on them. But um, this year, I think that really came to fruition, especially with Kai Jones. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see how he how he pans out at the next level. Yeah, I, I basically agree. I mean, I am the lowest on Kai Jones, but it's not low. I, I have him at seven. So uh, he's, you guys basically said it all. Um, but I did see like a picture the other day. I actually think Bryce like did it when he was taking someone off the dribble and his knee was really like on the floor from how low he was, um, which is pretty crazy considering someone his size you know, taking someone off the dribble again, that low. Uh, but yeah, he's just definitely probably the most versatile or definitely the most versatile guy in the draft can guard one through five. Um, but yeah, I, I like him a lot. I, I do buy the shot. Um, not as like Stone said, not, not like many guys, his size can just be like a, a, a knockdown, you know, three point shooter, but I do buy it to be somewhat um, consistent and, something you have to worry about and, and guard. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's really intriguing, probably def, uh, probably the most interesting prospect, um, in this class, but I like yeah. him a lot. So, yeah. So to get a little more minute, um, we'll start with the jump shot. Uh, it is definitely two motions. Um, but I think the arc thing isn't really an issue. Uh, so arc is something I look at if you're like six four and smaller. But once you start getting a little taller than that, I, I don't think it always matters that much. Um, and and with Kai Jones specifically, even like good shooting bigs, most of their shots tend to be open uh, because in the regular season, uh, teams are going to play more con conservative uh, pick and roll schemes. So it, it gives them a lot of. I think he'll be a really good pick and pop big man. Um, I think he'll be good. Uh, in the role or in the corner, excuse me. And, and I think he'll be able to hit trailer threes as well. Um, he showed some really interesting, and these were very few and far between, between but some really interesting like self-creation shots. He hit some step backs and a couple pull-ups and the mechanics actually looked a little different on those. And that's something I wanted to note is when, when he was stepping back or pulling up, he, he leaned forward a little bit and and kind of flattened the motion from his legs to his hands, uh, which is something you see a lot. Like, that's not a rare thing. If you watch a lot of guys, the difference between a spot-up and a pull-up is it's, it's, it's a very different shot um, in the NBA. But uh, I, I think that shows that even if there are some issues there, they can probably be fixed. Uh, I think you can probably turn his motion into – more of a 1.5 where he generates a little more power from his base. Uh, but I do like the high release point. Uh, and, and I think he has good touch on those shots. He, he, he just has a knack of kind of hitting jumpers. Um, yeah. I think is, oh, go ahead. Stone. I was just going to say with the shooting, uh, another thing I think I mentioned a couple episodes back um, that I originally heard from uh, Sean Darenthal on his, on his step in podcast, which, if you listen to this podcast, you should definitely listen to that one. Um, but he uh, was talking about how there's 
um, kind of good misses and bad misses. Um, that's something that you can kind of factor in when evaluating shooting projection. Um, and with Kai Jones, there is definitely some bad misses um, where it was like air balls, uh, like way far right or way far left, kind of just drifting away from the basket. Uh, and But as weird as it may sound, um, and this might be kind of controversial, I think I actually – I would rather try and develop that um, than say a Sharif Cooper where everything kind of goes from whichever which way off the rim, if that makes sense. I think um, drifting, having a, the ball drift like too far to the right or too far to the left where it's an air ball um, is more fixable, I think, than, you know, like clanking it off the back of the rim or off the backboard and then off the left of the rim and too short, too far, things like that. Um, so that, that is something I did want to note, though, with Kai Jones shooting. Um, and then you mentioned some self-creation ability. Uh, that's probably a huge factor in terms of why you and me have him so high on our boards. Um, I, there is specifically a play. Uh, I, I should have wrote the team down. I forgot what game this was. But he took the defender um, from the perimeter off the dribble and then stopped kind of on a dime, did a half pivot turn and shot a turnaround. Uh, the, it was an in and out, but um, just showing that was really impressive to me for his size. Um, he, he's a guy, I think, that at the next level, uh, his handle is strong enough, I think, to get past a lot of opposing centers in one-on-one -on -one situations. Um, I'm not sure how you guys feel about that. No, I would agree. I think, uh, yeah. I think his handle is something that is really going to boost him in the long term, uh, specifically in the full court. Um, you know, you mentioned him being able to, to be a ball handler in, in transition. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think that's maybe going to be his biggest skill and the biggest reason I have him top five. Uh, because I buy the handle. I, I buy some of the moves he can pull off. And when you combine that with his absurd size and athleticism, it's pretty, it's pretty unbeatable. Um, you know, you said you were going to sound crazy. This is really going to sound crazy, but I think he could be like the Giannis of this draft if he falls. Not comparing him directly to Giannis as a player, but all those tools and the questions are mostly around, you know, feel and, and you know, how long he's been playing the game and even similarly like lack of time because – he didn't play a ton at Texas and, and Giannis, you know, played in the Greek B league. So uh, I, I think that him falling to a team that, that that's going to really believe in him could be helpful because I think some of those grab and go uh, grab and go transition plays and he just has so much, there's so much to like with Kai Jones. I mean, I feel like I could just sit here and gush for hours because like like the handle you know he he really has some deceptiveness in that even in the half court i mean like like uh davis you mentioned that one play uh i think i had retweeted it um someone else tweeted it. I, i'm sorry i'm forgetting you um but he <laughs> dropped his knee to the ground like yeah. like stefan marbury i mean like and was and was getting a deep drop cross uh, he, he has a really good feel for, for behind the back moves. Um, he just has that, 
that aspect to him as a player that you can't teach. It's like he was born to play the game. He's only been playing since he's 16. And usually what that says is that he's not going to be a good shooter or he's not going to be a good ball handler. But neither of those things are true. He he is a, he's a shooter I believe in long-term. He's a ball handler I believe in long-term. And he's 6'11 and an absurd athlete. I agree with you. So I thought I was crazy for thinking it, but I agree with you that I think long-term he could be a three. I think his best position is going to be at the four. A lot of people call him a center, which is like so much is something we'll get into. Um, I see him more as a four uh, long-term. And I just, I think that there's so much there to like. Uh, and we're all talking about offense. We haven't even gotten to the defense yet. Um <laughs> So, anyways, that's yeah. my uh, that's my that's my gush. I have him top five pretty comfortably, and it, it's a toss up for me between him and Jalen Green. Uh, probably depends on which team is drafting, uh, who I prefer. Um, let's talk about the. Sadly, we have to do this. Let's talk about a weakness, real no, quick. Very few. Um, All right. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna bring that up. So um, <laughs> I, I I was gonna ask you guys because um, I do see or a lot everyone sees that he did only average about like four to five rebounds a game. Do you think that was like a lack of, um, you know, Shaka coaching, or do you think it was just from a loaded Texas team or, you know, do you think, do you think it just, you know, he just needs to get a little better at, at, you know, attacking the basket on, on rebounds. I think it's a little it's more so the environment, but I think a little bit has to do with the rebounds, and, and here's why. Um, I, so I think here he played with obviously mattered playing alongside um, the other Texas bigs like Jericho Sims and and others. You know, obviously that's going to take away a little bit from his rebounding opportunities. Um, and I don't think Shaka entirely knew exactly how to use Kai Jones. Um, so I think there are a lot of plays uh, where he's sort of away from the basket and didn't even really have that opportunity. Um, but at the same time, there, there's a lot of instances I think he actually shows he's a really good rebounder. Um, he's really good at tracking the ball off the rim um, and, and positioning himself in a way that he can he can secure that rebound, uh, especially on the offensive rebounding. Um, he's really good at that. Um, and in the NBA, I think his length is going to help him a lot in terms of being like a putback guy um, who can grab the boards right off the rim and, and just put it right back in. Um, and give your team those second chance points. But uh, I think there are the questions I do have is, is more so to do around his frame. Um, I'm not entirely sure if he'll be able to get into the positions he needs to in the NBA uh, just because of his slight frame. I think he might get bumped off of his spots a little bit um, and not be able to, to be in a position to, to secure the rebound, even though he can track it really well. Um, I think he's one of the best tracking rebounders in this class. Um, but, uh, yeah, what do you have to say about that, Bryce? Um, I, I agree with you that it's, it's probably mostly the context. Um, rebounding numbers don't always bother me, especially, like I mentioned, I think he's probably more of a four. Um, I think rebounding is one of the more overrated stats uh, in the annals of NBA history. I mean – Andre Drummond is maybe the best rebounder ever, and he's like the 40th best center in the league. So <laughs> <laughs> I know that's simplifying it, right? Like, in, like rebounds are important, but that's not. I, I think he can track the ball. I think, Drummond there. 
What? <laughs> I said, I think you're selling uh, overselling Andre Drummond. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, but I, I think he'll be a good offensive rebounder because those guys tend to be more, you know, like him, kind of more slender, but can track the ball. Uh, I have some questions about his box out, but, you know, especially defensive rebounds, you can kind of have a team that can do it just fine. So I, I, it, it's not a worry for me, but something that might be a worry for me, and I, I'll be interested to hear your guys' take on this, is the slender frame. Um, people have questions about him. You know, is he going to be a good enough defensive five with this? Uh, what do you guys think about it, and does it matter? Um, so like I said with the frame, in, in terms of rebounding, that's my concern, my only concern with the rebounding. Um, in terms of like actual defense, uh, I think we touched a little bit about it on our last episode with Evan Mobley, kind of the same case in terms of uh, really tall and really mobile, uh, but really, really slender frame. Um, but in Kai Jones's case, I actually buy him a lot more than Evan Mobley in terms of putting on weight in the future. I think Kai Jones is a guy uh, who has the frame and body to be able to add a, a lot more muscle than, than Evan Mobley uh, in the future. Um, and I, I don't think... Um, like you said, in, in the NBA, I don't really see him as a center, uh, probably a lot because of that defensively, because of his frame. Um, but I think he's a guy who can switch one through five um, and can protect the rim. Um, so, like, you're not going to stick him on a five all game. But I think if need be, he can um, he can be like a help side rim protector and, and come over uh, to, to help other fives that, that get beat by opponents. Um, I think uh, it, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't worry me as much as Evan Mobley, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. I think his frame, you can, it fills out a little more than like Mobley's, um, but uh, he, he's all, I think he's always going to be at least a little, a little slender. Um. But I think he he'll, he's just versatile enough to, to hold his own, at least, with probably every position. Um, but, yeah, I, I think he's going to put on some muscle. I think he's, like, 220 right now. Um, so even if he gets, you know, like 10, 12, you know, 15 pounds of muscle, that's going to help him a lot on both ends. Uh, my, my one as, – as much as I love Kai Jones, and it, it hurts my soul to say anything bad about him, uh, my – biggest worry is his off-ball defense um this year at texas he was a pretty bad off-ball defender um and i think some of it has to do with um obviously like you mentioned he hasn't been playing the game that long um so things like that are bound to happen in terms of uh lapses and and poor poor feel i guess you would say um in in that specific area but uh as an off-ball defender i do have some major concerns moving forward uh, like i said everything else i i feel really good about him being able to fulfill some of those roles but as an off-ball defender i'm not entirely sure i, bu I buy him uh moving forward yeah i uh i think and i think that goes to for his offense and that he does kind of have a general lack of of like pure feel um Similar to Kaminga in that I think what he really needs is reps, uh, a lot of reps, a lot of chance, chances to play different positions. 
Um, I think the off-ball defense is a worry, especially if you're going to play him at the five, um, which you probably will in the playoffs. I mean, in the playoffs with his versatility in ball screens, you're probably going to want him to play the five. Um, but I, I think it's a bit less of an issue if he's a four. Um, and, and I think it's something that can develop. He's still 6'11", super mobile and long. If he can just be taught basic, like, watch for a back cut, uh, uh, how to handle a drop in a pick and roll, because he really struggled in that this year. Um, if he was ever put in a pick and roll, uh, Texas sometimes would like to hedge, but sometimes they would drop, and he struggled in drops. Um, he would lose track of the big. Uh, you know, luckily, they didn't play like a ton of lob threats or anything, but I, I think he really could have gotten taken advantage of, uh, and he probably will at first in the NBA. Um, but I, I think he can really develop uh, as an off-ball defender. Um, yeah, that's about it. I mean, is there anything else you guys want to say on Kai? Like, where do you guys have him ranked right now? I have him at number five. Like, he's solidly a top five guy for me. Like, I don't really see him falling out of the top five between now and the draft. Um, but but it's between five and four for me, between him and Jalen Green, like you were saying. Our number three is different. I have Suggs, you have Kaminga, but our four or five is the same, and it's I, I flip-flop back and forth between those two quite a bit. Um, but, yeah, I'm not sure about Davis. Yeah, he's at, he's at seven right now, but he did move up. I think I had him at, like, nine or ten, and I moved him up a few spots. Um, but he definitely – he might be top five by the time the draft comes around. Uh, we'll see. I've been changing it around a little bit as of recent. I have him solidly, like, in my third tier behind uh, Cade and then Evan Mobley in his kind of, like, little half tier. And then in my second full tier, I have Kai Jones with, with Green and Suggs. Um, yeah, but it, uh, we, we were talking about his on-ball defense. Where would you – how would you compare him to uh, – Someone else, kind of in that in that same realm, as uh, Nick Claxton. Uh, me personally, I was I was pretty high on Nick Claxton um, coming out, not as high as I should have been, um, but he's shown I think in the NBA this season um, that he's one of the better uh, on-ball switch defenders in the NBA. Um, how would you rank him in comparison to uh, Kai Jones? I think as a prospect. Um, so Nick Claxton, his draft was the first year I was ever really getting into into draft stuff. So I wasn't I wasn't as um, knowledgeable about about what I should be. And I think I learned a lot from Nick Claxton. I was probably too low on him. I thought he was kind of a gimmick player because he kind of played like a weird point guard role at Georgia. And I was like, oh, that's not real. That won't happen. Um, but I would say he's he's probably a he looks like he can put on more weight than Claxton, I would say. Because Claxton is built a little bit more like Evan Mobley, I think, where it's like I, I was saying like a Jared Jared Allen, like maybe uh, type, Jared like, Allen's put on like he's really strong this year. Yeah. Yeah. He's really impressed. Um, I think he can switch at a similar level to, you know, I would say like a sub Bam Adebayo like level of switching, you know, like Bam Adebayo is the premier center for switch every ball screen, let him guard your guards in ISO, dare the other team to score on him. Uh, I don't think Kai Jones will ever get quite there, um, but I, I think he's sort of he'll be in that tier below with like long term, like a Claxton and 
and maybe an Evan Mobley, though I, I will say I, I would actually prefer Kai Jones as a switching big to Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley is yeah. the superior overall defensive prospect, but at, at purely in a switch, I'd take Kai Jones. Um, what do you think, Davis? Yeah, I kind of see him as the same way. Uh, he's going to be able to, to switch on anybody, and you'll feel comfortable with with him guarding whoever he switches on. Um, but I don't know. I don't. I don't know if he'll be like the best, uh, you know, in that in that category. But he'll he'll definitely be be good and versatile enough to guard everyone. Um, yeah. As much as much as we love Kai Jones, um, uh, how how do you see his like lowest end outcomes projecting out? Um, because every player obviously like the hope the ideal situation especially if you're taking them this high is that they hit that high-end outcome that ceiling um that especially for kai jones is so special um but there there are some median and, and lower end outcomes um so how do you guys project those out so this is something i'm really fascinated by because a lot of people tell me he's super low floor low floor low floor and I think that's something that gets thrown around so often. I even brought it up with Kaminga. At, at a certain point, he's 6'11 and a top-tier athlete on the planet. Like, that's a floor um, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and, and something I really value is multiple paths to success. I think Kaminga has that, and I think Kai Jones has that to an even greater extent. Um, his floor could be a, a – JaVale McGee, who could run the floor better and shoot a little bit, you know, um, or it could be a like a Derek Favors maybe type guy, better athlete than Favors ever was, but that type of role. Um, just like I, I think his 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 floor is like a solid platoon center who you're comfortable playing and might even close a lot of games because he can switch. Um he might never be a great decision maker. Maybe the shooting never comes around to be anything super special, but I think his floor is solid because he's 6'11", moves the way he does, and has the potential to shoot. So I, I think people who are calling him a low floor guy are kind of missing out on what truly makes him special. Yeah, I think since... Um... A lot of mocks and a lot of other people have him a lot of lower than we do. He's probably going to fall into a pretty decent situation. I'm hoping that he falls into a, a decent situation instead of, you know, a team that's a mess and, you know, doesn't really know what, what, they're, what they're doing right now. But, um, yeah, uh, he's, I, I just – I like him a lot. You know, if you, if you want to – if you want to watch a guy that can that can run the floor and do exciting things on the court, then you watch you watch Kai. Uh, his floor, he's he's at least gonna be like uh, like at least you know like a, a really good role play, maybe like a backup role playing big. But um, I think he'll at least he's he's gonna be a starter for sure and probably in the league for for a while. Um. That, okay. I have two questions. Um. One more so for Bryce, just because he's such a Kamingo fan in comparison to me and Davis, and then one for both of you. Um, so I'll start. I'll start with the one for Bryce. Um, how do you compare his floor to Kaminga? I would say it's probably higher than Kaminga's. Um, 
And I would say the ceiling is probably higher too. Just I I trust Kaminga's median outcome more. Um, it I guess it depends what you consider a floor. Like it depends what you value more. Do you value like a versatile center as a floor more who can play off the bench, or do you value a a bench wing more? Because I would say those are the floor for each. I don't think either are really like bust out of the league guys, um, just because their physical tools and height is so rare. I mean. Like I mentioned, can you think of one guy with either of their physical tools who's busted out of the league? I I can't. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Michael Oloa Candy was was he as mobile as Kai Jones? Who knows? Um, but no. Uh, in all seriousness, I, I think both are NBA players at their floor. Um, so it just kind of depends which which you value more. Do you value a rotational wing who can defend and not much else? You know, think like a Mo Harkless is probably like a good floor for Kaminga um, or do you value a big who can run the floor and switch uh, but not much else and maybe not super great at one of those things uh, it, ju- it just kind of depends but I would say Kai Jones probably has the higher floor but that's a toss-up for me okay and then my se- well actually real quick just to get back to your guys that haven't busted uh, Kevin Knox and Siku Demboya would like a word um but okay okay (laughs) don't you dare give up on seku yet he's still like 19 Uh, but kevin knox also was not the athlete that that kaminga is i don't think i don't i don't mean to compare them i just yeah i know i know i'm still mad kevin knox didn't pan out i was super high on kevin knox (laughs) that's one of my all-time biggest draft misses me too i mean he's six nine athletic and had touch i i think he has hit his legitimate like one percentile outcome like this is the worst possible player he could have been i'm still not in i'm like 90 percent giving up on him there's still a tiny bit of hope for him and for me he's Uh, got a second he could be a second draft guy where some team like gives him a, a minimum contract and it works out yeah, maybe. I mean, we saw what Frank Jackson is doing this year. So Frank Jackson yeah. can do it. I believe in you, Kevin Knox. Um, love you, Kevin. And, <laughs> love you, Kev. Uh, and then on to my second question for both of you is what floor is higher for you guys in terms of Mobley and Kai Jones? Ooh. Mm. Davis, do you want to take this one first? I mean, that's I don't know. I think that's another like toss up, but uh, I'd probably lean a little, a little towards Moby side. Um, I just, I just feel like Moby is it is the over is the overall better defender. Like Bryce said, Kai's the better switch, but I think at least you know Moby's gonna be an elite defender, elite rim protector. But it's close. So my question is, is this factoring in like injury concerns? Because I really do have a worry that Evan Mobley could just be like too skinny. And if he can't put on the weight, I think he's really going to struggle with the wear and tear of the NBA as a center. Um, Let's just go strict ability. Okay. I would say that I would say Mobley probably is the higher ceiling or has the higher floor, excuse me, because I think no matter what he can, he can protect the rim at a high level and, and kind of grease the wheels of your offense as a passer. I'm assuming his his ceiling is, or his floor, excuse me, I don't know why I'm mixing that up. Uh, his floor is like, like 
he never quite gets there as a as a role man because he can't set good enough screens and he can just be boxed out of the way anytime he wants to get up. Uh, and he's and he's a less effective defender because everyone could just jump into his body and kind of get fouls or get their shot up. Um, but still, like he'll still have some ability as a rim protector and he'll still be able to pass. Um, so I, probably Mobley, but I would say they're at their floor, their absolute floor. They're pretty similar players. Gotcha. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with the, the Mobley take. I'm, I'm probably in the Mobley camp in terms of a higher floor and probably a higher ceiling. Yeah, probably a higher ceiling, yeah. though, though I will say, like, agree. 100 percentile Kai Jones, like, depending on where he ends up, and this is going to sound crazy, but I brought this up in my, in my, in my uh, scouting report of him, like, could be, like, like, maybe Jaron Jackson or, like, at his absolute peak, peak, like, Giannis Light. I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but, like, he just moves so well. And if the shot really comes around, like he has so many ways he can develop into an all-star type player that his ceiling is really hard to quantify in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. If you're hearing this, send us Kai Jones jerseys because yeah. we will seven. <laughs> what we're saying is basically take Kai Jones number one overall. And don't uh, yeah, don't, <laughs> don't, don't even. care what the haters say. Just and then and then give him a 40 usage his rookie year. Just let him touch the ball every play. Please. If if the Magic can get Evan Mobley and Kai Jones in this draft, I will drop my Lakers fandom and become a full-time Magic fan. That, that is Me too. Promise. I already love Orlando. Let's just do it. That's Orlando not a threat. That's a promise. <laughs> um, all right. All right. So we've, we've had so much fun talking about these three guys, especially our boy Kai Jones. Um, but at the risk of running to – you know, like six hours on this podcast. <laughs> um, you guys want to the tape, guys? Yeah, let's do it. Um, Davis, do you want to start? Yeah, so I went with Dejon Giroux from Houston. Um, I really – honestly, I really didn't know about him until, like, this year. I didn't know about him much. I know he declared last year, um, but – he, he ended up coming back, but um, he, he has a good all around game and he's a really good defender. I think he's, he's underrated and not talked about enough as far as defense goes. I believe he's like six, five. Um, so it's pretty tall for like a point guard or shooting guard, which is the position he played at Houston. Um, and he just really caught my attention in the tournament. Cause he was really tough. He fought through like a hip pointer for like two or three games. And you can tell it was, it was bothering him, but he, he, he kept going and he was just a coach and a leader on the floor for the, for the team. So, um, he, he does have a streaky three point, three point game, but, um, he's pretty consistent at the free throw line and has a good mid range, uh, jumper. So, um, I like him as a, as a late or like maybe like a two way guy, or I don't know. I know they gave the seniors another year, but I doubt he'll return, but he's just a guy that is pretty interesting watching, watching him. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, go ahead, Stone. Oh, uh, yeah. I was just gonna say that I'm. I'm. I like Dejan Giroux as not probably not enough as a two-way guy, um, unfortunately. But uh, I, I do think he'll be successful wherever he does end up. Um, whether 
that's likely not in the NBA, but um, uh, he's he's a solid playmaker. Um, and I think almost uh, he, he likes playmaking, um, but it contrasts with his feel for the game, I think. Um, and I think he he tends to play make too much to where um, the feel for the game, the lack of feel for the game comes in and can be a little bit of a detriment. Um, I do have concerns about the shooting, uh, but he's a good enough athlete to um, sort of make up for, for some of those shooting deficiencies to where he can get to the rim a little bit. Um, so overall, I'm, I'm a little bit out on Dejan Drew, but I think um, if he ends up like in another league, he'll, he'll have a successful career. Yeah, I think Giroux is uh, interesting. I would agree. He's probably – he's definitely not draftable. Um, but he does have – something I would look for, like I've always thought about if I was building a roster, would be pick like a specific talent you want to fill and use your two-way for that. And I think he could fill that as an on-ball defender because he navigates screens really well. He does a very good job, you know, getting around ball screens. He gets skinny. He can he can spin around to to drop and and, and make shooters uncomfortable. Um, he has a good knowledge of, of what the opposing point guard can do or whoever he's guarding, um, and how to make them uncomfortable. Uh, so there's there's stuff to like there. He hustles. Um, you know, I think there's a there's it was sort of viral. I think after they won their elite eight game of him like yelling like this is our house or whatever. So you know you kind of like to see that stuff a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I would agree. Probably not really a prospect for me at this point. Um, but if a team really likes that defense and they think they can develop him as either a shooter or a playmaker, I think there is maybe a spot for him. But, uh, yeah. Stone, do you want to get into your guy? Uh, yeah, so for yeah. me, um, I went Jalen Wilson out of Kansas. Um, this is a guy who probably isn't coming out this year. Uh, but moving forward, um, I think it can be – worthy of a second round pick, uh, possibly. I, um, I, I like him as an athlete. Uh, he's a really good athlete, six, eight, uh, strong frame. Um, it's kind of weird for me because I'm so much into the feel and IQ thing. So he's a little bit off brand for me, uh, because he doesn't really have that, uh, within his arsenal at this point in time. Um, but he uses his athleticism well, um, especially in terms of rebounding. He's a really solid rebounder. Uh, positions himself well um he can score off the dribble uh again a lot of that's just due to his athleticism being able to um get around guys that way um he's a he's an okay enough passer um i think there's room there's a lot of developmental room for that to grow i think um at this point in time it's kind of a mixed bag uh he has some sloppy turnovers uh but i think moving forward, it's something that can be an asset to his game um, if, if developed properly. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, probably not a guy that's coming out this year. Um, maybe next year uh, as a second round guy, I, I could see myself being being in on him. Yeah, Jalen Wilson was someone who wasn't on my radar at all really before the year. Um, what I saw in high school was a super raw player who – is a good athlete, but not like an incredible, unbelievable athlete. And those guys, you know, struggle, struggle to resonate with me. Um, but he had some impressive moments this year. Um, I think his sophomore year is going to be huge to determine 
whether those moments were outliers or whether that's who he really is. Um, so I think he's making the right decision to go back. I'm upset that that Bryce Thompson is transferring uh, because I thought they were going to be a really, really fun and interesting duo for Kansas for the next year or two. Um, still hopeful for Bryce Thompson. I still think he's an NBA player long-term. Um, but yeah, I like Jalen enough. He's a wing. Uh, I love wings more than anything on this earth. And uh, I, I would probably draft him in the second round as well. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I agree. He's a big wing, good frame. Uh, I think if Ochea and Marcus Garrett, I'm, I think for sure is leaving. But if both of them end up not coming back, he's probably going to have more of a green light um, at Kansas uh with Bryce Thompson transferring as well. Uh but yeah, he's really good at uh athlete. Um he does have a decent decent shooting a uh, decent shot too. His farm's pretty nice actually. Um it's just not that consistent as of right now. Uh but yeah, I, li- I like him next year and I think his stock will rise even more so. Yeah, I would agree. Um so I'll jump into my guy. Uh I chose Adam Flagler from Baylor not because I saw a ton from him this year that leads me to think he's going to be an NBA guy, but more because I think he could really blow us away next year. Um, Scott Drew is one of the best coaches on the planet Earth, in my opinion, um, and really gets things out of guards you just don't expect. I mean, Davion Mitchell was kind of on the radar before this year, but people are talking about him with the sixth pick now. And you can call that absurd, as I as I would, but he, but but Baylor <laughs> develops guards. Um, Flagler is a really good shooter, um, smart player, good defend. Kind of has those traits, like we mentioned with uh, with Jared Butler or Davion, where it's like good defender, good shooter, smart player. You know, not the athlete that probably either of them are. He's probably a worse athlete than Butler as well, and not the ball handler either of them are. But I, I think he could he could be a really good piece for a Baylor team. That's probably going to look to repeat. I mean, maybe Matthew Meyer steps up and is a top player in the NCAA. And I don't know. I like Flagler and I just think he'll be emblematic of what Baylor is going to be for the next decade, which is a blue blood who, who finds guys and turns them into stars um, more than they find stars. uh, If that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. I think um, probably out of anyone that we've mentioned in this in this segment, uh, Flagler's probably the person I'm uh, highest on in terms of potential. I think next year he has legitimate um, legitimate yeah. case to make as a possible first round guy uh, headed into next year. I, I really like his game. Um, I'm probably more into guards than you, but um, as a shooter, like you mentioned, he's a really good shooter. Um, the range from which he shoots is really impressive as well. Um, he has some, uh, you know, deep NBA range in his arsenal. Um, I think uh, he showed flashes of the playmaking, and I think he was really able to do so at um, at a super high rate just because of who else was there with him uh, this year with, with Davion Mitchell and, and Jared Butler. Uh, but I think next year when he possibly, you know, takes over the team as his own, um, he, he can show a lot and show um, why he can be a potential first round guy. Uh, maybe he isn't, maybe this totally blows up in my face and 
you know, he ends up being a late second or undrafted guy. Uh, but for right now, I, I definitely see that um, as a possible outcome moving forward. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, like Bryce, that's got Drew's a really good coach. Um, and now that he's basically going to have the green light with Mitchell and Butler gone, um, he sh- should step up and probably probably be the best player on that team. Maybe like may maybe Meyer or or um you know TCC or whatever. But um he he just a sniper. He scores. Do you, do you want to try and say that name real quick, Davis? Of <laughs> <laughs> uh, damn, I don't know. That's tough. It's... I believe it's Jonathan Chamwa Chachua. John... I well, think that's Jonathan. It. You don't got Jonathan Chamwa Chachua. Jonathan, yeah, that's that's crazy. That's tough. You know, I only called you out so I could say it. So don't worry. <laughs> Weird flex, but okay. But yeah, I did. I did see that Flagler hit uh, over a hundred threes his freshman year. I, I know it was at like some small school, but that's still pretty crazy. Yeah, he's just he's just a really good uh, overall player. Um, I'm excited to watch them play. Uh, Baylor was a joy this year. And uh, I'm sure they'll be a joy next year. They have a solid recruiting class, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, Kendall Brown. Uh, Kendall Brown. Yeah. Wild. I don't know if he's really a prospect yet because he, he doesn't shoot, like, at all. But really fun defensive player. Um, but anyways, uh, that's going to be it for us, I think. Stone, do you want to tell the people where they can find you? Uh, yeah, you can find um, all my Kai Jones propaganda at report underscore court. Um, and then I also do work for lines.com. Uh, and then if you ever have any feedback or questions you guys want to send us, you can either email us at upside swings at gmail.com um, and go, make sure to follow our page at upside swings on Twitter as well. Davis? Yeah, and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram at sports by Davis. I'll post big boards, mock drafts, and uh, retweeting and posting these podcasts. So, Yep, and you can find me at BryceHendrick14 on Twitter and uh, all my works on Roll Call Sports. We want to thank everyone for listening, and uh, we hope this podcast is its ceiling. Thank you.